Just Life, a programme from Radio Maria England. This is Just Life, live from the studio in Cambridge. And this morning I have the pleasure to be joined by Roger Lilly, the National President of the Catenians. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Elizabeth. Roger is joining us from Hampshire and he is here to tell us about the Catenians, um, who they are and what they do. Roger is a retired banker. He's married and he has uh, three sons and he's going to tell us more about himself, how he got involved with the Catenians. And over to you, Roger. Thanks, Elizabeth. Well, can I say, first of all, it is a great pleasure to uh, to be on Radio Maria. Um, it's my first encounter with the radio station, and it sounds as though uh, you do some great things. And uh, uh, good morning to all your listeners. As you've said, my, uh, I am the uh, national president in Great Britain for the Catenians. I've been a Catenian for 36 years. Uh, I started in Colchester. And I didn't know very much about Catenians until I was just invited to a social event. And I suddenly saw there were so many others who I had met at church but never mentioned Catenians. So I joined Catenians in Colchester and I've had a great time with Catenians over 36 years. I'm now in Hampshire, as you say, having had an interlude in Portugal for five years and uh, then came back and settled in uh, Hampshire, in sunny Hampshire, as it is this morning. Um, so really, who are the Catenians and why did I join? Well, the Catenians are a social network and very much involve families. Whilst uh, the uh, association was set up for Catholic men, gradually it's evolving and certainly these days, families and particularly wives and partners are very much involved with the association. It was set up in 1908 by Bishop Louis Casatelli. And Bishop Louis identified with some of the Catholic businessmen that there wasn't a sort of an independent social organization, a network for Catholics which in those days, perhaps there was an element of prejudice against Catholics in certain areas. And it was set up in Manchester. Manchester was the first group that started and gradually spread next to London and gradually around the country. And now uh, in the country, there are 200 odd uh, groups in Scotland, uh, Southern Ireland, in Ireland. Belfast has a group. Um, Wales and uh, uh, certainly around north, south, east and west really in Cambridge where you are based there is a uh, group as well. We call our groups circles and the reason for the circle was they decided on a logo uh, initially and the logo is a circle of chains denoting that we are linked to each other in our Catholic faith with a cross in the middle and the chains 
the uh, a lot of uh, you listeners will know the Latin word for chain is uh, catena, and therefore we were called catenians. What are we aiming to do? Building lasting friendships within our Catholic faith, working together, networking, and enjoying ourselves. Social um, uh, activities are very much to the fore. We do an element of charity work, although that is not our prime aim. But nevertheless, we contribute. Uh, our circle, certainly in the UK, contribute nigh on a third of a million pounds to small local charities. We also support uh, our parishes and our local communities. We support our youth, and certainly within our constitution, our Catholic youth, our clergy are two key factors that we aim to support, as well as supporting ourselves. Our shared faith underpins everything. The fact that we are committed Catholics and um, that we have um, masses regularly. Uh, we, can, we think about our deceased members and have masses for our deceased. We uh, con uh, consider our clergy and we have masses for vocations. And indeed, we support the National Office for Vocations. We re recently gave £10,000 to the, the National Office for Vocations, Sister Elaine. Uh, which is a very important uh, factor uh, for us. We're not a Catholic action group, as many, uh, but nevertheless, personally, of course, most of us will have our uh, views on uh, social justice, etc. But as an association, we're really getting together and sharing uh, our views and uh, our, our faith. We have monthly meetings and usually a meal together after the meeting. Uh, and then we also have social events, uh, going on social events with wives, partners, families, children, etc. And uh, additionally, charity events, charity fundraising events. Uh, such as um, race nights, perhaps, or all sorts of uh, uh, things where we can raise money, but at the same time, we have a good time socially together. As I said, to be a Catenian, you must be a Catholic and uh, a practicing committed Catholic. Uh, but other than that, you know, fine, um, we welcome uh, all. We welcome our clergy, as I say, to uh, meetings. We do have uh, masses uh, for them. Uh, and uh, we are very much involved as an association with our parishes. We uh, help uh, provide uh, support for pilgrimages. And indeed, the association has uh, a pilgrimage uh, usually every year. Uh, our bishop, who uh, is a great support, uh, is Bishop John Arnold, um, and uh, uh, 
he from Salford and uh, he is uh, very active in supporting us with pilgrimages. It's one of the things I'm looking at at the moment is networking with other Catholic societies. I firmly believe that we should work together. We are, all have our different aspects within the Catholic faith, but we should link together and work together as a Catholic lay organization. Um, we, I know this is supported certainly by uh, my bishop, Bishop Philip Egan, who I spoke to recently. Uh, and it's a case of together we're stronger, particularly in a, a very much a secular world. Um, we have uh, affiliated with uh, student uh, societies, which I'll come to a bit later. We've just affiliated to the Catholic Military Association. I'm talking with the Catholic Police Guild and any other societies, Catholic lay societies. I think, as I say, we can help each other. We can work with each other. And uh, uh, we can uh, ben all benefit from that. If you look at our constitution, our aims and values are very much to foster love between our members and uh, establish social bonds with our families, to support one another in the practice of our faith, uh, to support widows very much as well, that's important, and also widowers, of course, uh, uh, after um, a difficult period, they need support. To support brothers, who are diff in difficulty in need. We do have a benevolent fund, and there are some who may be financially, particularly at the moment, financially uh, stretched. We will help. Um, and to advance, as I said, the interest and development of young Catholics any way we can. I'll come to that a bit later on youth. To help our clergy and encourage and support them and support vocations and support charities and often charities needn't necessarily be uh, Catholic charities they can be local charities children's hospice uh, and uh, various small charities who are desperately in need of funds we're part of an, a wider community and we need to show that we are um, our values are we're always encouraging, we're supportive and helpful to members and families. And we uh, have a good, friendly, social get-together. We behave in courteous manners, etc. We live our lives with the ideals of the Catholic faith, where every person matters. We encourage each other to take part in public life through individual action, but we don't bring politics into our meetings. Um, we also recognize that our uh, uh, groups are the most important part. Grouping together, meeting together, that's an important part of our membership. And uh, I think, you know, that gives you a flavor of that we're we establish ourselves on our faith, on our friendship, 
on our families and we look to have an enjoyable time doing that. Um, Thank you, Roger. We, I think that's a fantastic introduction. Uh, maybe it's a good moment for a music break. Listening to Radio Maria, this is Just Life, and we are joined by Roger Lilly, National President of the Catenians, and he's given us a wonderful introduction to the Catenians and who they are and what they do. And Roger, back over to you. I believe you're going to tell us more about your work with youth. Yes, thank you, Elizabeth. Um, yes, youth. Youth, I feel very strongly about Catholic youth and looking at their issues at the moment and the issues, the future of the world and the future of, uh, uh, for them and what they have to cope with now. Uh, so very much I am looking at issues with uh, young Catholics. One of the things I've got involved very much with over recent uh, years is uh, the Catholic Societies of Students at Universities. Because we look at, at Catholic youth, they're at primary school, Catholic primary schools, Catholic secondary schools. They then go to university and hopefully they join the Catholic societies at university. But then they leave and they're into the outside world. And that's where they need help and support, uh, certainly with their faith. Um, with Catholics, they're all independent at different universities. And... In Southampton, we established a relationship with the Southampton University Catholic Society. And in 2016, we affiliated with them. Now, what does affiliation mean? It means that we signed declarations between us, whereby they support us and we support them. And the ways we can support them is support them if they go on pilgrimages, support them uh, in shortly we will be doing a freshers barbecue uh, for them in Southampton and I think with any uh, young Catholic organization if you provide food it is very appealing but they're great and it, it brings a young approach into us and I think they do need that support and some of them may be thousands of miles from home so uh, it is of great benefit to them in addition to doing things like that, we have one member uh, locally who is a um, psychologist, psychiatrist, and he is doing a mental health program for uh, the students. And not just students at Southampton University, but also Portsmouth University and Bournemouth University. They're welcome. It's a one-day session. And looking at the issues, and as we all know, the issues of mental health at universities is very important at the moment. They're under tremendous pressure. And uh, uh, if there are ways we can help, we do. We also run um, at CV and job interview evenings. And we're fortunate in Southampton that we have a... Uh, headhunter 
for jobs in London who comes along and helps them with their CVs and has been very uh, successful with them, uh, helping them uh, and advising them. Not all uh, of our member groups have got that benefit, but I know a lot do uh, do this, and not just with universities, but with uh, secondary schools as well, uh, helping them with CV writing. It's really using our experience, perhaps as older Catholics, uh, with that. It's not just with uh, universities uh, that we get involved. We get involved also, as I say, with secondary schools, with primary schools. With secondary schools, we have a public speaking competition for 16-year-olds. And I was in Manchester a uh, week last Sunday when there were um, speakers from all over the country who had um, been uh, chosen from the regional heats, and they were fantastic. I have to say that some of the subjects that they cover uh, are phenomenal. Political, uh, whether to be with um, uh, climate change, egoism in the current society, uh, all sorts of subjects, they were very good, and it shows the skills and the, the, the depth of thought that our younger um, Catholics have uh, of where they are at the moment in the world. Um, looking at primary schools, we have uh, rosaries. Uh, we have um, we distribute rosaries, not just to schools in the UK, but also elsewhere in the world. And we produce leaflets uh, as well to help them to say the rosary. And not just primary schools, but we will also, if secondary schools would like um, leaflets and free rosaries, we're prepared to do that. We have a bursary fund, which will, between 16 and 24-year-olds, we will provide bursaries support for them if they wish to do two things. One individual projects around the world and those projects could be in nepal in tanzania in kenya uh, helping uh, to uh, build schools helping with teaching whatever just helping others and it doesn't necessarily have to be a catholic country it can be it's just helping others in the world who need help and uh, uh, so Unfortunately, with the pandemic, it's uh, uh, there are less applications at the moment than there were before, but hopefully that will pick up and uh, we will get uh, young Catholics um, wanting to go around the world to help others. Um, as well, we support pilgrimages to Lourdes, and that has just started. Uh, diocese have uh, suddenly started to... Uh, uh, arrange pilgrimages to go to Lourdes and we will uh, support any uh, young people wanting to go on the diocesan pilgrimages. We support, of course, Across and HCPT who do fantastic work. So young people who want to uh, go with HCPT, for instance, only too happy to uh, uh, help them. Um, 
We additionally have a working Catenians um, uh, section, which for young uh, Catenians, um, young Catholics who have left school and have started to work, again, is networking, is talking to others, is finding mentors, is getting uh, support from experienced views. So we've got that and employment and careers. Um, that gives you a fair flavour, I think, Elizabeth, of uh, what we're doing, our focus on youth. We are spreading ourselves around all the universities in uh, uh, the UK. We're endeavouring to link up with uh, the CAS SOX. We have in many places. In Exeter, they are very much involved there. Manchester, I know Leeds are working there. So uh, if any listeners have um, young uh, um, sons or daughters who are with CASOX, encourage them to make sure that they are talking to the local Catenians. Thank you, Roger. Maybe someone has a comment or a question, so I'm going to open the phone lines. Uh, please don't hesitate to call in and ask Roger a question. The number to call is 01223 01-223-375-564. Helena on the line. Helena, you're through to Roger. Hi, Roger. Morning, yeah, morning. Morning. Could you share with us, what, you've said that you build faith through friendship, but what are some of the types of activities that you guys do, and how is this uh, any different than what a parish might do to promote faith and with social activities? Well, I think, as I said, we, we very much uh, act we're active within parishes uh, and obviously I mean like I do I, I'm very much involved with our parish and I support our parish but also we meeting individually we can do other things as well it may be we uh, have retreats uh, ourselves we uh, can also have um, excursions out and we're all of one organization I know you'll probably think well yeah what's the difference with a parish um, but we're part of a parish we're an organization within the parish um, we may be different parishes you could suddenly find certainly with Southampton we've got quite a few different parishes uh, uh, around uh, the city uh, yet we all meet as one group and there's the benefit of, of uh, as well, of being different parishes. We certainly feel we, we've all got the common um, bond of faith, but our parishes may be slightly different um, in their approach and what they do. Um, we, you know, we could have our own barbecues. Uh, we could um, uh, uh, go to um, uh, a a particular have a particular event go out for a particular event um 
you know, it's, um, how can I put it? it? It is an extension of parish life, but not devoted just to one parish. Several parishes you could find. You've got members who, are, who travel in 10 miles uh, from a totally different parish. Um, so, you know, there is a benefit of feeling we're all together as, and I find the same with Catenians as well, because we do meet, we have um, uh, area events, and we also have national events where we can get together as well. So again, to share experiences, to share ideas, and sh share support, and bear in mind, we're one Catholic community overall. Roger, could I ask one more question? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, when you do these pilgrimages, so I am a huge fan of a bit of pomp and circumstance. <laughs> um, when you go on pilgrimages, do the Catinians have a banner? Is there a special ensemble you wear? Is there like a necklace that you guys wear? We we wouldn't. We've got a spiritual director, and we would have. Uh, say you can find Bishop John Arnold. Um, we don't have banners or flags. Um, you know. We we are a group, yes, as men, we will wear ties which have got the motive on, but I think more important, we uh, our image is togetherness. We are uh, together. We don't, um, I suppose, we don't feel we need to have uh, a flag or a banner. I know what you're saying, and I've, I've certainly seen them, but we may well go as a group together, bonded in faith, I suppose. I like that. I also like uh, that if you are going on a pilgrimage, say, as part of the parish, that you guys don't separate yourself from the parish, but you're there, like you said, supporting the parish. You're a part of it, and you're and so you're still bonded with that parish in the pilgrimages. So I really like that. I really like that. I, oh, I, Roger, I, I, thank you. Can, can, oh, can I, Helena? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are you still there? I mean, I, I was speaking, as I said, with uh, with our bishop, and he said, if only um, the uh, lay communities, the, the societies within the lay community got together, bonded together, that sh there's strength in numbers, and with all of us bonding together, as we, we've got different aspects, different outlooks, but there's one thing that underpins us all, and that is our faith. And as such, uh, you know, it, it's great and it helps the clergy as well. It helps our individual parishes um, because you may find with a parish uh, they want something. I, we had one recently where uh, the uh, very young club, uh, uh, we have a holiday club for youngsters, and there were several Catenians from different parishes went along to this particular one parish uh, to help out with the barbecue, providing them lunch. Oh, I uh, love it! I love it. I hope I hope a Catinian Saint Lawrence listen up. I hope we we start, we have a group start at our parish here in Cambridge. Well, oh, there might be already. I don't even know. There is oh. there is one in Cambridge, and uh, by all means, ask Elizabeth, and I can uh, send the details to you. Oh, thank you, Roger. Thank you Thank so you. much, Helena, for your call. So, yes, it's a way to um, to go beyond your parish and meet people in the local area. And um, so another question, um, Roger, talking about boundaries. Um, 
It was founded in Manchester, but does it go beyond um, this country? Are the Coutinians anywhere else in the world? Yes, just over 50 years ago, we established ourselves in Australia. And uh, uh, we are now both in Perth and Eastern Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, and uh, Adelaide, uh, Cairns. And again, leading on from that, we have Malta, very active in Malta. Our Maltese uh, uh, members, very committed Catholics and very committed Cadenians. We have expanded into India. And as you know, the Catholic faith has been growing in India, albeit against uh, pressures, I suppose you might put it that way. Um, but nevertheless, the Indian community, and particularly in Goa, uh, have been uh, very active. We're in Bangladesh. We are in South Africa, Zimbabwe. We've got three groups in Zimbabwe. Uh, we're in the Holy Land. Uh, with Nazareth. Incredible. And do these international groups uh, meet up or have, do you have, you know, the kind of meeting of presidents to, to discuss, you know, the way forward or to discuss issues? Or are once they very month, much, once a month? Uh, once a month on a Saturday, the last Saturday of the month, uh, there is, uh, the rosary is said and uh, members can link in from any part of the world. Uh, and it's uh, early in the morning, obviously, to uh, to help with Australia. It's early in the morning for the UK and India. Uh, and usually, uh, quite often, the Indian uh, members will uh, arrange it, but sometimes GB. Uh, so, yeah, the intercession uh, through the rosary will take place. Uh, and that's an opportunity. But also there's opportunity when we have conferences. We have members from uh, various parts of the world will join. Uh, obviously, not everybody can afford to travel, say, to Australia or whatever. I'm off to Australia in February. I'm off to Malta in November. Uh, but the great thing also is if you happen to go on holiday, you'll go anywhere. If you And I've done this before. I've been to Australia on holiday and I happen to be in Melbourne. And I went along to see our Melbourne members. And you get a great welcome. You, you your wife uh, are welcomed. And you suddenly have uh, Catholics uh, in another part of the world who sort of welcome you in and as, you know, just as local members, really. How beautiful. So it's, it's like a worldwide family. Well, that's what we are. Surely that's what we should be. We're a worldwide family. Well put. Um, I'm just looking at your website and there's a there's a, a Catenian wife and she said that she confessed that at first she found it difficult to adjust to an organisation which asked for nothing more than one's friendship. And yet when her mother died, she was inundated with, you know, calls and cards and people offering so much help. So it's such a beautiful service that the Catenians are doing. What does the word Catenian actually mean? Does it does it have a meaning? Yeah. Well, as I said, Catenian, it comes from the fact that, that because we are all linked together, you look at the link and we had a, a, a circle of from chains and at its core is the cross. Right. So uh, and chain 
in Latin is catena. So that's where we got catenians. Okay, I think I think you did mention that earlier. And if someone does want to become a member, uh, what do they do? And does it cost anything? If you want to look up the website, the website is thecatenians, all lowercase, dot com. If you look at that, just Google that and that will take you through to uh, our website. As regards cost, it varies. Obviously, there is a cost because we've got an administrative cost, which um, is passed on. Uh, and also, you have a magazine, a monthly magazine called Katina, which uh, gives you a lot of information. Uh, and uh, uh, th those two combined are £60 a year. But then, obviously, you have uh, some circles will have um, uh, lunches, uh, dinners, or, you know, it, it's... It, the cost is not prohibitive, but yes, there would be a cost if you stay to dinner. You would be staying at uh, uh, somewhere where you pay £20 a head or sometimes it's sandwiches with some of them. So, yeah, you do have an element of cost, as with any organisation. Um, right. It does, it, sound, it, it does sound very affordable, though, for, for the majority of people. Um, and, of course, there is this um, emphasis on involving wives and families but this is yeah can i can i interrupt you there yes, this is one, it's one issue we're looking at at the moment obviously we were established in 1908 as a male organization which understandably in those days all organizations very much male orientated it, we've moved over the years and gradually evolved and now i mean some of our circles or our member groups uh, will have their wives there every month at meetings. Um, and we're very much uh, uh, reliant upon our, uh, our wives, our partners. Um, gradually, we are evolving further. And there is the issue, particularly, I understand with younger Catholics who say, we're a gender inclusive society these days. You know, and we meet this with Catholic societies of students. So I can't say any more, but obviously the issue is a big issue at the moment, how we do it um, within the normal guidelines. But I think for youth of the future, it has to be different. And I'll say no more, but uh, uh, we're guided by uh, young Catholics who want to be uh, uh, Catenians, but they want it in a modern society. Thank you. That's that's very interesting. So watch this space, uh, listeners, for the for the future of the Catenians. Um, we've got a little bit of time, so I'll give out the number once more. If anyone else has a comment or a question, please don't hesitate to call in. The number is o one. Two two three three seven five five six four O one two two three three seven five five six four.
is Just Life on Radio Maria and we're joined live by Roger Lilly, the national president of the Coutinians. Now, Roger said to me that he does write occasionally for the universe. Um, Older listeners might remember that this was uh, a newspaper one found in the back of churches, but it's now moved entirely online. And um, Roger's most recent article was about our late Queen Elizabeth II. Um, Roger, I believe you met the Queen. Would you like to tell us about that? Yes, thanks, Elizabeth. Um, Yeah, uh, I wrote an article last weekend. Uh, I do a monthly article in uh, uh, the universe. They asked me to do just some thoughts, and I've done thoughts. After Boris Johnson uh, resigned, I did uh, an article on... uh, 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 you know, looking at integrity, uh, the need for integrity. We all need integrity, honesty. Uh, if you have a society without honesty, it just collapses. Uh, and things like that, I've looked at hope, and I think we have to, in this world, at the moment, with all that's happening, we need hope for the future. And I, on behalf of Catenians, I wrote an article about Her Majesty, her late majesty uh, last sunday and i feel she was fantastic she um adhered to her faith and one thing i met her very very briefly it was an encounter it was in london i'd been to lunch along with a colleague and we were walking in chelsea and suddenly we saw this entourage coming towards us with a very short lady in front and the queen it was quite um uh, short i'm not quite sure how much but very noticeable so we stood to the side and we put our briefcases down and just waited for it to pass it got level with us and she suddenly called the entourage to a halt she turned around and walked across to us and with a big smile said good afternoon how are you and it was just one of those moments she needn't have done but i think it just showed her devotion to service to her subjects and uh, everybody it doesn't matter whom uh, she was very approachable and when you hear the stories um in the uh, on the television and in the newspaper uh, you know i think overall that to me, her devotion to others, it was very important. And the way she dealt with difficult uh, situations, and she's had some difficult family situations to deal with, and she dealt with them as queen, but then as mother. And uh, uh, I admire her, and I think so many of us do admire her for that. And the way that she stuck with it, throughout her uh, life. And I think it was Arch, uh, Archbishop um, uh, Vincent uh, Nichols said uh, on the radio, he said that uh, apparently she said her prayers every night um, before she went to bed. And they were saying prayers at a particular event. And he said he was reading his there was quite a, a a long prayer and he looked at her and she'd got her piece of paper down 
She got her eyes closed and she was reciting the prayer as though she knew it by heart. And um, I think that says something for somebody of, you know, who is a monarch, but nevertheless um, is somebody of the people. So I, I was really uh, chuffed to meet her, albeit briefly. She then moved on, and uh, but left a lasting impression uh, of her. So what more can I say? What a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, listeners, if you want to see Roger's article describing that encounter with the Queen, uh, it's in Universe Catholic Weekly online. And there's a beautiful photo, an unusual one, of Queen Elizabeth with um, Pope John Paul II. So do have a look and do uh, look out for Roger's um, monthly article. Yeah, can um, I just say, um, Elizabeth, that uh, the, the next one I propose to do is based on one of the speakers at our uh, school public speaking about ego. And I have to say, the late Queen Elizabeth, when it looked at ego, she had no ego as such, in my opinion. She looked out at others rather than looking at herself. Absolutely. As, as Boris Johnson said, her absolute refusal to be to be grand. Um, exactly. It was such an incredible example for for us all. Yeah, very thank, much so. Thank you so much, Roger, for your time this morning and um, joining us on Radio Maria and telling us all about the Coutinians, um, as well as your encounter with Queen Elizabeth and uh, we very much look forward uh, to a collaboration between Radio Maria and the Coutinians and we, we hope that will happen. Um, it's been a great pleasure, thank you. I really, uh, really enjoyed it and uh, you know, I wish uh, all your listeners uh, well and uh, I'll listen to Radio Maria again in the future, certainly listen to others thank you and just a reminder if anyone is interested in the Coutinians do look up uh, their website to find out how to become a member it's the thank you Roger thank you Elizabeth <laughs>